0: welcome back to this episode of Kindergarten Kept Simple. I'm Mariah and today I am joined by Nicole, all the way in Ottawa, my old stomping grounds. And I'm so excited to have her as a guest on the podcast today to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is dance. And in case you didn't know, I actually taught dance for 15 years, all the way from preschool dance up to adult dance when I was in university. And it really was my first kind of exposure into teaching, and I absolutely loved it. But I know that this is not everyone's jam, and this was even more apparent to me when I was teaching dance in the school system, and so many teachers were so hesitant to teach dance in their classrooms, so overwhelmed, and basically begging me to swap with them, and they would teach something of mine so that I could come and teach them dance. So I'm really excited to have Nicole here today to talk to us a little bit about how we can embrace dance in kindergarten, how we can feel more confident teaching dance and all that kind of fun stuff. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. So happy to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here because my experience is so similar to yours. Half of the staff in my school are already asking me, "Uh oh, I need to get dance on my report card (laughs) next term. I need your help. And I am a kindergarten teacher here in Ottawa and I've been in that role for 10 years now. But on top of that, I also run a children's dance company. So, we're Harmony Dance Company and we're based here in Ottawa, but we do lots of stuff virtually as well. And that kind of stemmed through the pandemic, of course. Now that we're at the other side of that, we're really branching out into the schools and into the daycare settings and then of course into our own studios. So this is really an exciting opportunity to share my two kind of passions, the classroom and the dance studio, and put them into one space. So I'm excited.
0: I love that. So how long have you been teaching dance?
1: Oh my, well, I started dancing myself at the tender age of three, and I haven't stopped since then, but as a dance teacher, I started At the age of about 14 15 doing little kid classes and training in like kind of pre-service teaching in that time and then now i'm much older than that so it's been (laughs) over 20 years now that i've been teaching dance Um, i would say it's only in the past five six years that i've really kind of targeted my audience to working with specifically younger kids and younger dancers and kind of honed in on that area so that is a little bit newer for me even though it was always a part of what I did that's become the focus and I think that's just from my experience in the classroom now coming to my whole life so
0: yeah and when you're working with our littlest dancers are you focusing more on generic movement or is it more structured like this is a ballet class this is a jazz class
1: so at harmony what i've done is i've created the whole philosophy behind what i wanted to do was remove that element of um competition of exams of stress that comes with that part and really create this like safe space for kids who just want to move their bodies like they do still want to learn some technical steps they want to be able to you know say i've done ballet or i've done jazz but maybe we don't want to limit them to just that. So we've created this program at our studios that are really about creative movement and moving your bodies. And then we sprinkle in the technique on top of that. But definitely the focus is on just like healthy movement that makes us feel confident and happy.
0: As a parent, I love that because I know my husband and I are expecting a daughter and a son um, in the next few weeks. And we have been always talking about, you know, if we're gonna put the kids in dance, and I'm a hard yes, because I grew up going to dance, and to me, literally nothing is cuter than a small child in like a black leotard with white tights and ballet slippers but (laughs) with their little bellies I just love it but we were talking about you know the industry of dance and the competitive side of dance and all of that is something that we are leaning toward avoiding just in terms of all of the stress that comes with that financial stress stress on body image stress on time all of that sort of thing so this is music to my ears and we're hopefully going to be back in Ottawa. So you can definitely uh, expect to see us in studio in a few years.
1: (laughs) I think there was definitely, I grew up in the competitive dance world. I then started teaching in that world. I saw a lot of kids that were really struggling through that, even though they loved dancing. So they wanted to do the maximum amount of hours that they could, but it was taking a toll on their mental health and mine as well, just being in that environment. So when I decided to to start Harmony, it was really like the name came with the philosophy. Like this is a peaceful space and everybody is welcome here. And we've kind of just carried that through and we see that it has so much benefit to the kids and it has so much benefit to us. Like it's like feels healthy and peaceful for us to go there too. So I hope that we're doing good work here in Ottawa and that, you know, as we start to grow virtually a little bit more we kind of expand that out and i think it's it's filling a niche that a lot of kids needed so i think we're doing good work
0: absolutely i'm I'm a huge fan. I was so excited when you came on board for Camp Kinder. If you didn't know, Nicole's going to be doing a kind of more in-depth presentation for us at Camp Kinder about incorporating movement into the kindergarten classroom. And I was so thrilled because this was one of the topics that was highly requested at the end of Camp Kinder last year. Because like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, people get so overwhelmed and almost frozen at the notion of including movement and including dance into their classroom, that in my experience, it ends up being, okay, we'll watch this YouTube video, and we'll dance along to it, and and we'll kind of call it a day for dance. So for all the teachers out there that are looking to do a little bit more, start dipping their toe into incorporating more movement into the class, what would you say is the easiest way, the most accessible way for them to start bringing that into their programming?
1: The YouTube videos, the you know, the go noodles of the world, they they are a good starting point. And for a lot of people, that's where we're at on a rainy day when we're stuck inside the whole day. Like I throw up a good YouTube video sometimes, too. But there's a lot of ways that we can incorporate dance in in the gym when we have more space in our outdoor learning. When we when we are outside and we have like basically infinite space in the yard. There's also ways that we can incorporate dance into our literacy and that's like a big focus for me right now in Ottawa where there's a big push towards some more structured literacy. How do I reconcile that with wanting to get the kids up and moving a lot? So I would say like the go-to game that everyone needs to do is freeze dance because (laughs) all the kids already know how to play it, it has an entry point for everybody. It teaches us self-regulation and being able to control our bodies and stop when we're needing to stop. It's also an easy way to start teaching dance because we can talk about the safety that comes with that. You know, when we have these little people that are moving, we need to remind them to stay in their own space. And a lot of them don't have body awareness yet. So it's an easy one to, to teach that with because you can actually just stop the like when they need to reset or when they start to get kind of carried away so if that is not part of your teacher toolkit yet it needs to be for sure
0: also love freeze dance for helping kind of reinforce new vocabulary especially if you're teaching in french or if you're bringing up sort of thematic vocabulary in any language because you can say dance like a. Uh, And then you bring up some thematic element or maybe it's animals or whatever. And you can start to identify and work on different adjectives that go with that animal. And it also can help them, you know, stop the temptation to just run around during freeze dance and climb on things and spin around and fall on the ground and get a bit too silly. When they have a focus, they have a source of inspiration for their movement. It can really help them to yeah, just help with that self-regulation piece a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. And kind of giving them something to focus on while they're moving their body is so useful. It also really can be used in the social emotional part of the kindergarten program that we want them to build. I often have little cards with pictures of the kids faces that I've had them make, like, what does it look like when you're happy? What does it look like when you're sad? And then I use those kind of as flashcards while we're moving, like, if you're feeling happy today, what is your movement going to look like? How would you move your body if you were feeling sad today? And I show them those visuals that we've co-created together. And it just helps them connect kind of their their feelings and maybe if we're doing zones of regulation or something else, back to their movement. And we know so many kids learn through movement. So it just seems to be one more way that we could reach them across the whole program, not necessarily... It doesn't have to just be about dance or movement. It can be about so many other things. And that's what we need to do because time is limited in the room. It feels like the days are not long enough to get in everything that you need to do. So the more things that you can do that touch on multiple you know, areas of growth is better.
0: And so, in your experience, would you encourage teachers to get up and move alongside their students, or to take more of a passive role, documenting, controlling the music, managing behavior, all that kind of thing?
1: Absolutely, teachers need to get up and dance too, even if you feel so silly doing it. I always tell the kids, like, if you don't feel silly, you're probably not dancing big enough, (laughs) because it's meant to be, you know, pushing you outside of your comfort zone a little bit, and we especially in kindergarten we teach by modeling most of the time we model how to play we model how to follow routines so we also need to model trying things that maybe we're not super comfortable with or we also need to model like how to have fun and how to be safe while we're having fun so i think it's definitely important but you need to position yourself in the room where you can see everybody and make sure that it doesn't become like i always say like birthday party you know mm-hmm. birthday party like it's too much and especially in Ontario where we have the benefit of having an ECE in the room, you know, you need to work together in those situations where things could get kind of silly to, to balance. So when you have a partner like that, it's so great for one of you to get up and dance. And then the other one to kind of take the more of the management role, but I think the kids need to see us dance so that they know it's okay to dance too. Some of them are so shy when it comes to moving their bodies or they Think that moving your body only means one thing like soccer or hula hoops or whatnot. They don't necessarily um, feel comfortable moving their body in a bigger variety of ways, which is what we want to bring to them. So we have to model that for them.
0: I totally agree. And I love that point because it's so true that we are basically asking our kinders all day long to take risks in their learning and try new things. Because at this age, pretty much everything is new to them, especially in a school setting. So how powerful is it for them to be able to see us in a context where we're not positioning ourselves as the expert. We're not positioning ourselves as perfect. We're positioning ourselves as a learner alongside them. And I think it's so powerful for them to see effort and to see, you know, enthusiasm and to see participation from a person who's in that educator role.
1: I definitely I have this one song that the kids love so much and it's called the Silly Dance Contest. So we all stand in a circle and you go in the middle and I always go first and I preface by saying okay, I'm feeling pretty silly right now. I'm a little bit in the yellow zone. I'm feeling kind of silly, but I'm going to do it anyways. Or like, I'll say like, I'm honest about them. Like, oh, everyone's looking at me. I'm feeling kind of shy, but I can do it. And I'm like vocalizing the things, the thoughts that I'm having in my head. And then I'm hoping that the kids are doing the same thing. You know, they're working through those thoughts of being nervous because, you know, we are used to doing kinder concerts and all of these opportunities to perform, but that's been kind of taken away. So especially the kids we have this year, like they may not be used to you know, going in front of people and having other people watch them while they move their bodies or while they kind of like get in the zone. So I think it's especially important that with this cohort of kids that we have now that we're expressing those things out loud so that they know it's okay for them to feel kind of shy, but you know we can work through it.
0: And what a great way to help encourage confidence and to help them feel comfortable. And we're setting them up for so much success for public speaking, for even just raising their hand in class to share an answer when they're in older grades. So I think that there's so much more value than, okay, we're getting some energy out right now when we incorporate movement into our day.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, the goals for me of, incorporating movement into my classroom or what I do in the studio is that the kids feel a sense of accomplishment after. So we make a really big deal out of when someone was maybe kind of shy to stand up and dance, but then they did it. We make a big deal out of that and we kind of celebrate that as a group. And I think that's a really important thing to bring to your classroom. While we keep in mind that maybe not everybody is going to be ready to to move their bodies every day. Maybe not everybody is gonna be ready to do that in front of other people every day. There's certainly different levels of ability physically and in our gross motor. So the way that we kind of modify the rest of our program, we need to do that for movement too. It's not always accessible to everybody every day. We have to keep that in mind.
0: Absolutely. In terms of logistics, how you just mentioned, not everyone's ready to move every single day. Do you recommend having some sort of movement scheduled into your schedule? Is it more of a responsive addition that you put in? Do you do it once a week? How often are we moving in kindergarten?
1: I'm hoping that we're moving every day in one way or another. So when my schedule allows for it, I like to start our day with movement. So our classroom, um, we have, have like a little outdoor courtyard which has benches, it's like an outdoor classroom and we like to start our day there dancing and it's like just 5-10 minutes and the kids get used to like what songs we're doing and they know the moves that go with it and we have this kind of like dance break to start the day and i find it sets such a positive tone for the morning everybody comes in kind of happy they've got you know, a little bit of woken up if they were still kind of tired, and it's just like such a positive way to start the day. I know that doesn't work every year with our schedule, and it doesn't work for everybody's setup that they have. But I think any time that you can fit it in, and just even like five minute chunks, is really helpful. When the kids are in the midst of like a long play block, and I see like we're kind of getting you know not focus on productive play or we're getting kind of silly I might stop the play stand up and say dance break and we'll just put on like a one minute song and they dance their hearts out and then we go back to playing and just they're like focus resets and they're they're ready to take on some new tasks so I think throughout the day is good and then you can have some more planned and structured activities for when you have more space such as in the gym or
0: outside. I think you're right. It it definitely is such an instant mood booster. A few years ago, I did a flash mob with all of the kindergarten classes at my school. So there was five classes and we would meet outside with a really beautiful, huge yard. We would meet outside at the same time every day. And I taught them a super simple flash mob. And most of the educators were getting involved and up there dancing and moving around. And not every single student, it wasn't like an 100% participation rate or anything, but most of them were participating and you could just feel the energy and the happiness that everyone felt by collectively moving together and just that joy. And it was such a great way we did at the end of the day. It was such a nice way to end the day because kind of no matter what had happened throughout the day and a lot of things happened throughout the day, we always had this thing to look forward to that would bring us so much joy and just end the day on a super positive note and i really loved it
1: i mean music and dance they make us happy like they do if you look at even babies like before they're walking they're bouncing their little knees like they're dancing it's in us and it's especially in kids who like just love to dance and so i think the more we can make that part of their day it just lifts a little bit of pressure and stress and you know the the parts that are challenging of the day are a little bit more manageable when shortly after you're going to put on some happy music and you're just going to move your body and not worry about the people around you looking at you or if you're doing it right like no expectations just move our bodies
0: a total moment of freedom in an otherwise quite structured day, quite structured learning environment, regardless of how play-based and open-ended we are. There are a lot of expectations and safety rules and everything to consider at school. So it it really is just that pocket of freedom for our littles and for us.
1: Yeah, just get our energy back. Get it, like, start a vibe in the classroom, kind of. Just (laughs) even dance can be something that makes your classroom a very happy space, the way that you know, when we do a read aloud, the kids feel so happy, it can make a sense of community and like a collective joy, which is our goal in the day, I guess, at the end of it, right? We, of course, hope that they learn, but we hope that they leave happy and that they love school and allowing them to do something as natural as dance throughout the day is definitely something that could help with that.
0: Absolutely. Well, I feel like we could talk about dance all day long, so... <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about what to expect from your workshop at camp kinder this summer
1: yeah so at camp kinder this summer i'm going to give educators some really simple easy games activities that are ready to go that they can do in their classroom throughout the day to incorporate dance or movement gross motor skills into what they're doing and ways to do that cross-curricularly so we can adapt to our kind of time constraints that we have uh, what I'm hoping is that educators will walk away ready to go into the classroom in September with stuff that they know what to do and they feel confident to be able to do in the classroom and get their kids moving.
0: Love it. Such a great way to start the year with embedding that joy and embedding that happiness. And I think everyone's going to get a real, real kick out of that session. So I'm so excited you'll be joining us. So why don't you tell us where we can find you anything big coming up? in the next few weeks for you and where people can connect with you online, offline, all of that.
1: Here in Ottawa, we have in-person classes for littles with me, and I have three other wonderful teachers who also work within the school system and who now work together with me in the studio. Um, And we will have classes March until June, um, of course, ending with a celebration and a performance in June, which is very exciting for the littles. And, Um, That's something that if you're here local to me in Ottawa, you could find us on Instagram at Harmony Dance Co and online at www.harmonydancecompany.com.
0: Amazing. And I'll link all that for you guys in the show notes so that you can very easily connect with Nicole and get dancing, either with your littles at home or your littles in the classroom or just yourself. (laughs)
1: Everybody needs to be dancing. <laughs> totally.
0: Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. It was a real blast talking to you about dance. I think everyone's going to absolutely love this episode. So I can't wait to hear more from you this summer. And I just want to, again, from the bottom of my heart, give you a big, huge thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So we'll end it here today, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kindergarten Kept Simple. We will catch you next time on the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Sparkle and shine.